Hey, everyone. I'm Gayla Zos, and welcome to episode number 13 of the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. This week is an industry focus week, which means you'll be hearing from somebody who's actually in the marketing trenches, someone who is out there promoting her business. In this episode, that person is Barbara McGinnis. She's a certified elder law attorney and one of the partners at Tagus McGinnis Elder Care Law, and that's an elder care law firm just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I've known Barbara for about 10 years, since she first started practicing law. Barbara has done a lot in her career. She's been a nurse and a nurse practitioner. She's managed long-term care facilities, and she's done a whole lot more. She has great instincts when it comes to marketing. Her firm does a lot of educational marketing, which makes her the logical choice for today's discussion. If you're thinking about using education as a way to generate leads, no matter what industry you're in, I think you'll be very interested in what Barbara has to say. Let's listen in. Welcome to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you're a budget-conscious small business owner who wants to learn more about marketing, join us weekly as Simple Marketing Academy founder Gayla Zoes helps you make sense of today's mind-boggling array of marketing options. So, sit back, relax, and get ready to cut through the confusion, because the Simple Marketing Academy podcast is starting now. Welcome, everybody. Gayla Zos here with the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. Joining me today is Barbara McGinnis. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thanks, Gayla. All right. Let's start off with a little information about you. People here in Middle Tennessee know you as an attorney and as one of the partners at Takeus McGinnis Elder Care Law in Hendersonville. But that's not the only job you've ever had in the elder care industry. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. Well, that's right. I actually uh, came to the practice of law later in life. I began my professional life uh, as a nurse practitioner, a gerontological nurse practitioner. I wasn't always in a clinical role. In fact, most of my 23 years as a nurse practitioner was in management roles. I did spend the last several years in training and development and marketing for a national home care company while I was in law school. Wow. That that sounds like a lot. Well, it was a lot. And I met, um, but it was totally worth it because I I am in a great spot in my life. I love what I do. And I met Tim Takas my business partner and mentor through uh, one of our care coordinators. She was working as a social worker in the hospital that I was assigned to market to for this home care company. And, you know, fate is uh, sometimes just a wonderful thing. That must have been Deborah King. It was. It was. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So for someone who might be listening who's just dipping their toe into the marketing world, either as, oh, it could be a small business owner, it could be somebody who's in charge of marketing for a business, they might not really understand the topic of today's episode, which is educational marketing. Talk to me about what educational marketing means in your world. 
marketing by providing education, regardless of the medium that you choose to provide that education or regardless of your audience, is a great way to build a reputation as an authority in your business or your industry. For us, as an elder care law firm, we offer presentations on all aspects of estate planning, public benefits, and navigating the issues um, of care on the chronic care continuum. It's, um, it's like an easy, gentle approach to marketing that's not so salesy right in your face. The options for delivery of education include, you know, sometimes it's live presentations in person, sometimes it's live virtual, or it might be recorded things um, and even written materials. And, and the list could go on of the ways that you can provide education to your, uh, to your audience. And the audience could be direct consumers or referral sources, um, including your own colleagues. For example, we get a high number of referrals from other attorneys who recognize our niche. Yeah, there, there are so many ways that I think educational marketing can be used. And I, I believe it's especially effective for businesses where the, the, the problem that they're solving isn't a problem that's familiar to people or it's a problem that's not well understood. And I think that, that really applies in elder law. I, th I agree with that. There's so many ways to do it wrong or to um, create other, solve one problem and create another problem. Um, and there's so many people that think they're experts at it that really just sort of dabble in it. So I, I do think educational marketing is a way of educating your, your uh, prospective consumers so they can make informed decisions about the relationships they want to enter. Well, that's a good segue to my next question. I'm, I'm interested in some of the specific things that your firm does in the way of educational marketing to reach prospective buyers. And as, as you're putting those initiatives together, what are the goals that you're trying to achieve? Sure. Well, knowing the target audience, meaning are you marketing to direct consumers? Or are you marketing through this educational venue to uh, professional referral sources? Uh, helps you design a plan to actually reach that audience, right? So if you're talking about direct consumer audiences, live presentations work exceptionally well because it allows you to, um, there, there's just so much communication that happens via body language and the ability to ask questions and, and be live. Well, this past year, we've not done so much of the live presentations, right? It was, so we've all become a lot more comfortable with live virtual events. Um, one thing that did also work somewhat well, you can't control your audience very much here, but was through the use of television. We have both the talk show with scripted guests and we do a call-in show where folks can call in and ask their questions. Um, so those I am never... Um, you know, just not surprised by the number of folks that come in and say, oh, yeah, I've been watching Tim for years on television, and they just feel like they know him. Mm -hmm. 
A robust website is another way of providing education. Our website not only showcases what services we provide, but there is a whole host of resources uh, on that website to help people get to know how we work, to help people navigate some of these particular issues and times in your life. The goal is always building your reputation as a subject matter expert or an authority in the industry. For us at Take Us McGinnis, we're fortunate that this reputation was being built years ago when Tim first um, published the Elder Law Practice book in uh, Tennessee, and it's uh, still available with annual supplements on Lexis. Our goal now is to maintain it and grow that reputation. I think that that the educational marketing that your firm does is is so effective because you have a good awareness of think of it as the funnel, okay? The the process that people go through as they're coming to terms with the fact that they may have a problem, okay, now they have this problem, who is best equipped to solve it? And so I think for you the educational marketing that you've done, the paid media, for instance, the TV appearances, that's building name recognition and that and that uh, that reputation as an authority on the topic. And then people go to your website and they look at all the articles you have and all the videos you have. And that that's a form, I think, of due diligence as somebody is considering who they might want to hire to help them. And I think that that it's all about making people comfortable with you and making it easy for them to pick up the phone and say, I want to work with you. Uh, Absolutely. And usually when we have a a prospective client, they will tell us they don't have just a single referral source. It wasn't just because they had a friend or family member that worked with us years ago, but they may have heard one of us speak at an event or they have, they saw us on television, or now they vetted us on our website. There's usually multiple steps involved that, that put them at the table with us. You mentioned a, a little bit ago that you, your firm has educational marketing that's targeted at referral sources, the people who were sending business to you. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what specific things you do to educate referral sources and and to nurture those leads. Sure. A lot of that is providing continuing education, not just the um, presentation, but the actual continuing education units that they need, whether they're social workers or attorneys. So we offer a lot of actual programs where they can get their uh, CEUs, their CLEs. We do have a signature event, a large day-long program in the summer. Usually we call it our timeout workshop. It's all about education. We rarely speak. We're just the host there usually. And it's a day-long event for social workers and discharge planners to get all their CEUs and ethic hours that they need for the year. We offer monthly webinars that are free of charge. 
uh, we are frequent speakers. Tim and Chris and I are frequent speakers at CLE events in the state. It's hosted by the TBA or even recently uh, NALA event. And then, of course, I've already mentioned Tim's uh, book on elder law practice in Tennessee. And all of those things are just avenues of providing education, support. It's a give back in a way. We see us, we see us as being part of this greater elder care industry. And it's a way of connecting with those people. Yeah. And I and one thing that's really interesting about your firm is that it was the first elder law practice in the country to practice elder law in this holistic way. And so I think one one important goal that your educational marketing accomplished for your referral sources was to help them understand this new approach and how it could help them solve problems for their clients so they could look like a hero in the eyes of their clients. Well, absolutely. We believe that uh, individuals develop trusted relationships along their uh, adult lives and just becoming a part of that and making those, uh, building off of those trusted relationships so that we're not trying to replace anyone. We, we all have, whether it's accountants or doctors or financial advisors that come along, goals have been established and we just help meet um, the goals of a new phase in life. So it does very much so. I think we, we help folks look at uh, solving life's problems in, in a palatable sort of way. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned a little bit ago that that the firm uses educational marketing because it's a little bit less in your face. T- talk more about the reasons that your firm relies on educational marketing rather than like what you might see a trial attorney do on TV every other minute. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I think a a thriving business, whether it's a law firm or whoever, will market utilizing a variety of strategies. So educational marketing is is a component of that. But in my opinion, it's the professional service world Uh, the prospective client will choose to retain a certain professional or firm because they recognize the value a relationship would have with them. Meaning, look at our reputation uh, as long-term in the industry, good work, subject matter experts, and the expertise, and you consider the reputation, the expertise, compared to the fee, you can create value. Uh, So I think educational marketing really helps us showcase our subject matter expertise, our unique way of providing services, and again, how comfortable and reassuring that uh, relationship-based model of, of elder law that we practice is compared to just the transaction. Um, I think it's comforting to people. Oh, I would agree, especially because y- you are helping people during what 
can be some of the most vulnerable times in a family's life. For sure. And then they know that it um, that mistakes can could be very expensive. They want to make sure that they're doing things correct. They're doing the right things and they're doing those things correctly. They don't want to run afoul of any sort of rule or um, even a law. Everybody's afraid of having to pay too much taxes. So they know if they make mistakes in asset utilization or asset protection strategies, they could be foregoing other benefits or creating taxable events for themselves. So they don't want to do things um, that, you know, God forbid, makes life worse for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because life's already bad enough <laughs> when someone's dealing with a situation that would lead them to call um, a life care planning law firm or an elder law attorney. Yeah. All right. You've had the opportunity as a business owner, a business leader, and really a leader in your industry, to see a lot of other companies, a lot of other law firms, attempt to use educational marketing. What have you seen companies do that is not effective? What What are some of the mistakes that you see most often when people try to deploy educational marketing? I think one sort of mistake would be to limit yourself to either direct consumers or limiting yourself to referral sources and not thinking, I could do both. You're not probably going to do both in the same event, but you need to be creating um, material and events for both of those categories um, because that's just... It's, it's just too easy not, not to. I mean, it's too important not to do both. Um, being too salesy, perhaps, in, in a presentation, that the point is to provide information and not, so you don't want to be too salesy. We don't want to look like car salesmen here, not to malign any car salesmen that we know. But not being clear as to what your business offers. I remember starting out doing marketing education for my the home care company that I mentioned I worked for. And I actually had one prospective uh, referral source say, so what is it your company does? You're in the business of providing education. Well, obviously I had made a mistake in not being clear as to what my business business was. I was so focused on providing education that I didn't clarify what our what the business of the home care company really had to offer. So not being clear as to what your business offers could be uh, a mistake probably for somebody getting very new into marketing. Um, for us, you know, we are subject matter experts in the area of Medicaid planning but we offer so much more. So if people have misheard our messages about Medicaid planning and think that's all we have to offer, well, there's a mistake. You know, you want to make sure that they know, your audience knows what you could offer to them. Uh, For us, that includes basic estate planning work to complex estate planning work and care plan navigation. And then having not having a good call to action, just doing the educational program without a call to action at the end, you've really missed an opportunity there. So those are probably four or five mistakes that I think you could make if you weren't uh, thoughtful in your approach. 
Well, I, I love that you use the word thoughtful because to me, that thinking is all part of that, the, the foundational work that if you overlook it or you ignore it or you say, I don't need to do that, that's, that's how those mistakes happen because you're building your marketing on a set of faulty assumptions or, or and the, I think the worst assumption of all is that everybody knows what I do. I don't want to have to keep saying it right. over and over again. Well, we know that we do have to keep saying yeah, we it do. over. Yeah, <laughs> saying we it definitely over. do. And so that, and that foundational work is for my clients and for, for, you know, the work that I've done with you has all been part of that foundational messaging. Who are the stakeholders? What problems do they have? How do we solve them better than anyone else? When you, when you've done that thinking, I think that the, these educational marketing mistakes are much easier to avoid. I would agree. You need the guidance of an expert. Okay, let's, let's start our wrap-up here. The key takeaways for our listeners. List the most important things that a business owner or a marketing person should be thinking about and doing if they want to start using educational marketing to drive leads. Well, I think it's to get some expert guidance about exactly what does it mean and how do I do it. Um, then building your content and branding your content, making sure that all of your materials are well branded, including your PowerPoint slide, uh, the actual slide formatting, and keeping your content updated and relevant. You can't just do it once and put it on the shelf. Keeping it, uh, keeping things current. Practice your delivery to make sure that you're, um, you're, you're good at presenting. For one thing, it doesn't matter if you say great things, but you say them in a, in a way that your message isn't coming across. You're not, I mean, you have a beautiful voice, Gayla. Everybody does it. Um, so practicing the delivery. If you're doing virtual presentations or webinars or those kinds of videos, making sure you have good professional equipment, good solid internet connections, because that again can be distracting. But I would definitely encourage people to, to not be shy, to start building it. It's very worth it. I think that's 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 great advice. And I would I would add that. It's important to never assume that your market, whether it's your prospective buyers or your referral sources, never assume that they know what you offer. Exactly. Yeah, we, you, we've, got it. We, we've got to educate. And that's, and that's the whole point of educational marketing, helping them understand the problem that they might not even realize they have, how your solution is the best one to solve it, and all the benefits and the positive outcomes that, that result from that relationship. And that call to action at the end, because you know, they need to know that they're invited to call for more information, check out the website, call for a consult, um, and then you know how they can reach you. Yes, that is 
absolutely vital because if they don't reach you, then what's the point, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, why are we wasting any time or money doing this? So, Barbara, I want to thank you for, for your time and your expertise today. I, I think that our listeners will have a lot to chew on and even more things that they can start doing right away to begin their educational marketing efforts. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, Kayla. Thank you for listening to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you enjoyed the show, why not leave a review? It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback. And speaking of feedback, if there's a topic you'd like us to address on the podcast, let us know. Just drop us an email at info at simplemarketing.academy. The Simple Marketing Academy podcast will be back next week with more straight talk about marketing your small business. See you there.